The New York Islanders lose their reunion game against Barry Trotz in the last minute, finding yet another painful way to blow points. We'll break down that game and preview tonight's game against the Minnesota Wild, all on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, Maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode. Feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com and we will get to some mailbag questions later on in today's show. Plus, uh, you could follow us on X at LockedOnIsles or you could follow me, Gil Martin, on X at IceWars, NYR, VSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all things Islanders all season long and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So join me for some instant insight and analysis. And it's great to talk Islanders hockey with you, game time or any time. Well, Saturday, what a frustrating game against the Nashville Predators. The New York Islanders held a one to nothing lead in this game with time running down and the Islanders were probably playing their best defensive game since the shootout loss one to nothing against the Philadelphia Flyers all the way back on Thanksgiving weekend. And it looked like the Islanders were in command after J.G. Pajot got his fifth goal of the year, and then things just fell apart. Kyle Palmieri called for a tripping penalty, and immediately the Predators on the power play tie the game with 4.52 left, and then in the closing seconds of the game, literally 7.1 seconds left on the clock when the puck went in. I think they put a second back on the clock after the goal was reviewed, but a giveaway by Matt Martin in his own zone. 
and the shot by Alex Carrier goes off the stick of Scott Mayfield, breaks the stick, goes up in the air, and behind Ilya Sorokin, you add an empty net goal with less than a second left, and the Islanders lose this one by a score of 3-1. to one. And I think, you know, this game was frustrating on so many levels. Uh, here we are. This is the Barry Trotz reunion game. Barry Trotz, who Lane Lambert worked under for more than a decade. He's now the GM for the first time uh, of the Nashville Predators. This is his first season as the general manager. And interestingly enough, Lane Lambert sort of reverted back to Barry Trotz-style hockey. And I still think that is the smartest way for this team to play for the most part. And you saw how effective it was in that the Islanders and Predators both kind of look like mirror images of each other. Both of them keeping the other team on the perimeter. The Islanders, uh, you know, ending up with... 25 shots on goal in this game, but precious few of them high danger chances. And Nashville had only 13 shots on goal through the first two periods before the Islanders were outshot 15 to 6 in the third period. And whenever there was a high danger chance given up, Ilya Sorokin came up big and made the stop. But overall, uh, defensively, at least, the Islanders played a very strong game. And then with the one to nothing lead, and, you know, you have a one nothing lead, you finally break a scoreless tie with eight minutes left in the game, and what do you do? I mean, you just take a dumb penalty in your own zone and give up the power play goal that ties it, and you still figure, okay, four minutes, 50 seconds left. All you got to do is hang on for that amount of time, and you go to overtime, and you at least get one point. You could probably get two. Uh-uh. No. The Islanders go back, and, you know, on uh, social media, so many people wondering, hey, what is the fourth line doing out there in the last minute of a tie game anyway, and Matt Martin makes the turnover and, and ends up in the back of the net on that bad bounce, but I, the only explanation I could come up with, and I did mention this during the game on, and right after the game on X, the only thing I could come up with is that by putting out the fourth line, which is Clutterbuck, Martin, and now with Pajot, uh, you know Clutterbuck and Martin are not going to be on the ice in a three-on-three overtime. So you're resting the guys who would be on the ice. Your Palmares, your Barzals, your Horvats. But the thing is, you got to get to overtime first. And they didn't do that. And yeah, there's some bad puck luck involved. But the problem is, it's the same old story for this team, finding ways to, you know, grasp defeat and grab it out of the clenches of possible victory, or at least another point if you get that loser point. And here's the thing. 
you know, we've talked about this a lot, how tight the standings are in the Metropolitan Division. We're past the halfway mark of the season now. How, how tight things are in the Metro Division. And you look at the standings, and the Islanders are still in fourth place, but they're one point ahead of the Devils, and the Devils have two games in hand on the Islanders. You're in danger of falling out of a playoff spot, and how many points have the New York Islanders left on the table this year by blowing leads, by bad third periods, by last-minute failures and breakdowns in the defensive zone? It has been epidemic on this team. And, you know, this is a veteran team. This is a group that is supposed to know better that when you're protecting a tie game on the road in the final seconds, you keep it simple. You clear the puck out along the boards. You don't make any unnecessary fancy plays. You, If necessary, you hold on to the puck and freeze it along the boards. If Matt Martin just would have tried that, the clock probably would have run out on this game. And at the very least, if you're going to try to clear the puck out of the zone, you make the safest possible play. He didn't do that, and it ends up costing the Islanders not just one point, but potentially two. And, you know, if the Islanders would have... Now they have 10 overtime losses on the season. And then, like Saturday's game, there were a couple of games where they could have at least gotten one point, if not two, had they not collapsed in the third period. If you add five or six points, let's even just say five points to the Islanders' total, based on all these collapses and overtime losses and all of that, five more points ties them with Carolina for second place. And it makes a big difference in the battle for playoff positioning. There is a problem with this team making the same mistakes over and over. And it's, to me, a twofold problem. Number one, you've got veteran players who should know better. Matt Martin has been in this league for more than a decade. He should know better. Kyle Palmieri has been in this league for a very long time. He should know better than to take that penalty at that time. And it's not just those guys. Those guys just happen to be the ones who made the mistake on Saturday in Nashville. But the other thing is coaching. Because it is the job of the coach to put in a system that works for this team and to keep the players mindful of what they need to do to execute and get things done so they don't make the same mistakes over and over again. So... To me, this is partially on Lane Lambert. This is largely on the players. And if you listen to some of the post-game comments, it bothered me a little bit hearing them say, well, we should have at least gotten a point out of this. No, you should have gotten two. And you can't be playing on the road for more loser points. You need to be playing to win the game. They're not doing that. That killer instinct doesn't seem to be there. And as many coaches in the past have said, you don't play not to lose. You play to win. Playing not to lose 
which I guess in pro football would be the equivalent of playing a prevent defense. All that does is prevent you from winning, and we saw it with the Islanders here. All right, we've got more to get to on today's show. We'll have our hero and goat of the game. Plus, uh, we have a full preview of tonight's game, 6 o'clock Eastern time, against the Minnesota Wild. And remember, you can listen to every minute of that game with the Islanders' hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just go to the SXM app and do a search for Islanders. And oh yeah, for our Islanders' birthday of the day, uh, a center who was with the Islanders for parts of two seasons in the late 90s, but he may be better known as a member of the Rangers' Stanley Cup winning team. Let's see if you can guess who that is. We've got all this and a whole lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on all the action with FanDuel. America's number one sports book right now. New customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. And the app is just so easy to use. There's so many different ways to bet, like live, same-game parlays. You can find bets in their new Explore tab. Or head on over to the Parlay Hub to make a parlay. That's the best way to find the popular parlays. And there's even more than that. And look, you've got the NFL, you've got pro and college basketball, you've got hockey. Check out the odds for tonight's Islanders game on FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So, again, with this game, it, it, it just was a game they should have won. And offense is still a problem. You know, this team has trouble Finishing, And they got the one goal from J.G. Pajot. But, you know, Bo Horvat had a breakaway. Kyle Palmieri had a breakaway. Guys can't finish on these breakaways. And it's really, really frustrating. Pierre Engvall, who I think brings some important things to the table. Does he ever try to elevate the puck when he shoots? I, I don't see it. I don't see him doing that. And needless to say... It is very, very frustrating because he gets all these scoring chances but can't elevate the puck. Matthew Barzal, by the way, his scoring streak, his point streak, comes to an end. He was held off the score sheet. Noah Dobson, although, did have an assist. And, again, just a good overall effort that ends up being for not Dobson, Romanoff, and Mayfield, each with four block shots, Adam Pellick with three. So the attention to detail defensively was there. Matt Martin, before he kind of screwed things up late in the game, six hits in 12 minutes. He was out there doing his thing. J.G. Pajot, also on that fourth line, six hits. So it wasn't without some bright spots, but again, you got to be able to finish the power play once again looked broken, 
And overall, the, the Islanders just have to finish and play 60 minutes. They played 54 minutes of really solid defensive hockey and then watched it all go down the drain with a sloppy last five or six minutes and with the fact that they only were up, in spite of all that, one to nothing because they didn't do enough to, you know, add to that one goal lead when they had chances to do it. It's very, very frustrating to say the least. Hero and go to the game. Hero is easy. J.G. Pajot had the goal. He had the six hits. It was either him or Ilya Sorokin, but I'm going to give it to Pajot. And and then for the go to the game, I'm going to split it between uh, Matt Martin and Kyle Palmieri. And, you know, Palmieri make, taking the penalty that ended up setting up the power play to tie the game. And then Matt Martin with the turnover that leads to the game-winning goal. Uh, Can't blame Sorokin for that one. Uh, He played the angle, and the puck deflected off Mayfield's stick, broke it, goes up in the air, and behind Sorokin. And then the empty net goal, obviously, Sorokin's not even on the ice. Uh, But this game just stung. It absolutely just stung. And and, And again... We stuck with the same line combinations, at least at the beginning of the game. Bolduc, Sezikis, who's still hurt but not on IR, and Julian Gauthier. Uh, they are the scratches. I'm going to be shocked if Gauthier isn't back in the lineup. And whether they sit Matt Martin or they sit Oliver Wallstrom, who had two shots in the first five or six minutes of the game and then none for the rest of the game in Wallstrom's defense, he only played seven minutes and 41 seconds of ice time. But again, after that first shift or two, not doing a lot to distinguish himself. And you get one of those chicken and egg things. He's not playing well, so they're not giving him ice time. But because they're not giving him ice time, it's hard for him to play well. So, uh, you know, that is, needless to say, a frustrating situation. Going to dip into the mailbag a little bit here. Uh, and answer some of your questions. Our friend Ben from Australia. Good day, Gil. Question for the podcast. I know J.G. Pajot does a lot of unheralded things. However, his offensive output is a big concern. There's some games when you barely hear his name called out in the broadcast. Would he be our most overpaid player in terms of output at the moment? Well, first of all, thank you very much, uh, Ben for the email, uh, or I guess this one came over on a DM on X. And it's a good question. Unfortunately, there's a number of candidates right now for that distinction, if you want to call it a distinction. Uh, I would agree with you right now that Pajot is up there, five goals, 18 points. You know, he is a, a third liner, but right now he's on pace for 10 goals and 36 points over 82 games, that's not really going to cut it over the course of a season when the guy's making $5 million a year. And yes, he kills penalties, he wins face-offs, he's a good defensive player, he does things to earn uh, you know, his keep as a third-line player. 
But if you're making $5 million a year, you've got to be more productive than 10 goals and 36 points over the course of a season. Uh, you know, I could pay a guy $2.5 million or $3 million tops to do the same thing. I think Anders Lee at $7 million would also be a candidate for overpaid. Not that he's playing badly after the very slow start, but, you know, you need more at $7 million a year. The guy's got to be giving you 25 to 35 goals and 50 to 70 points, he's, and he's got to be doing more than just providing points. So that is, needless to say, frustrating uh, under the circumstances, and he is definitely on that possible list of overpaid players. Those, to me, are kind of the top two, but I would definitely give the edge right now to... Uh, to Pajot just for the fact that his production has been so uh, uh, spotty offensively. The next question comes from our friend Charlie. He's asked a number of them uh, before. Gil, this team has enough talent to do better. We have holes in the forward group, yes. Defense and goaltending when completely healthy is very good. They need a jolt and to feel uncomfortable. The boys are happy with Laner. He was Barry's good cop all these years. The team is like, Laner, tough one tonight. We'll rebound tomorrow. Nobody on that team is uncomfortable with Lambert. Do I think Lane is a bad coach? No. Do I think that his job, uh, this is the job for him? No. Uh, he wants Joel Quenville coming in. And... Charlie, I, I would love to see Quenville in some ways because he is a great coach. And yes, you know, an investigation into the situation in Chicago kind of did say that he was overruled under the circumstances. And in some ways, maybe he was a scapegoat, maybe not. I mean, I don't know all the details, but he does remain on the suspended list. And... You know, he would have to apply for reinstatement. He is on the older side. I don't know if he will apply for reinstatement. And I don't know if Lula Morello would move for Joel Quenville uh, because of the possible negative PR associated with it. You also have Craig Berube out there, a Stanley Cup winning coach, and a few other candidates. And you may be right. I'm not saying Lane Lambert is a bad coach, and I agree with you on that. But... He may not be the right coach for this team at this time because we are seeing the same problems resurface game after game, just like we saw Saturday in Nashville. And while Lane Lambert says all the right things, nothing seems to consistently change. So let's see, you know, whether or not it does. But thank you, Charlie, for the uh, email and for bringing up that point. All right, we've got more to get to. We're going to preview tonight's game in Nash, uh, excuse me, in Minnesota against the Wild. Six o'clock Eastern Time start, and you can catch every minute of that game with the Islanders' hometown radio broadcast on Sirius XM. Go to the SXM app and do a search for Islanders. We've got that. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Game Time. 
You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets for your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, and their best price guarantee, so Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. My favorite feature of Game Time, you can go on the app and see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know what exactly to expect when you arrive. And look, Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts, it is the place to find last-minute seats. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. So the Islanders will be in Minnesota for the Martin Luther King Day holiday. And uh, this one, a 6 o'clock Eastern time start. Kind of a strange start on the holiday Monday. But, uh, well, the game will be over earlier and we'll all be able to have a little time after the game to uh, enjoy the rest of the evening, I guess. Uh, We're facing a Minnesota Wild team that has been struggling mightily lately. They're coming off a 6-0 home loss to the uh, Arizona Coyotes uh, just on Saturday. Four straight losses. They've been shut out in two of those four games, and they just don't seem to have uh, themselves together as of right now. They're struggling on both sides of the ice. 26th in the league in goals for 25th in goals against the power play, below average at 21st. The penalty kill, one of the worst in the league, 30th on the PK with a 71.8% kill rate. Islanders, if they can get some power play chances, should be able to take advantage of that. The goaltending, it's either Philip Gustafson or Marc-Andre Fleury. Fleury expected as of now, to be the starter against Ilya Sorokin. And by the way, for Sorokin, that would be his 11th straight game. And the Islanders do have a back-to-back playing Winnipeg on Tuesday. It'll be interesting to see if Lane Lambert goes with Sorokin in both games or if he gives Ken Appleby a chance to start a game. I get the feeling they're going to go with Sorokin. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov is the leading scorer with 34 points. Uh... Matt Zuccarello leads the team with 24 assists. He has 30 points on the year. And Joel Eriksson-Eck and Matt Boldy lead the team with 15 goals. Ryan Hartman has 13. Marco Rossi, 12. But again, this is a team that just seems to be having trouble getting out of its own way. And there are some injuries. Jared Spurgeon and uh, Jonas Brodeen, both on IR for the Wild. The top line, Marco Rossi, uh, Kirill, uh, Cyril Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello. Joel Eriksson-Eck centers the second line with Marcus Johansson to his left, Matt Boldy to his right. Ryan Hartman, Marcus Felino, and Frederick Goudreau of the third line. Connor Dewar, Pat Maroon, and Brandon Duhame of the third line. Brock Faber and Jacob Middleton are the top defense pair. Alex Goligoski and Zach Bogosian, the second pairing. And the third pair is John Merrill and Dakota Mermis. Uh, again, the goalies were expecting uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Philip Gustafson is the other available goaltender 
and you know neither one of them are shining their numbers are remarkably similar Gustafson 10 10 and 2 a 313 goals against an 898 save percentage Flurry 7 9 and 3 a 312 goals against average and an 893 save percentage so the two of them roughly on the same page Islanders need to take advantage of their power play chances and need to just play the way they did in the first 52 minutes 53 minutes of the game against Nashville in their own zone and just play 60 minutes. It has to happen. It has to change. The message has to get through to this team and the fact that it hasn't thus far. It's kind of mind-boggling and frustrating to say the very least. All right, time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And Sunday was the 60th birthday, 60th birthday of former Islanders center Sergei Nemchinov, the Moscow native, drafted by the Rangers in the 12th round back in 1990, played in Russia, but came over to the uh, Rangers in 91-92, scored 30 goals for them that year, was a member of the 94 uh, Rangers Cup winning team, then went to Vancouver in 97-98, and uh, then went to the Islanders early in the 97-98 season, played 74 games for the Isles that year, 10 goals, 29 points, and a plus three. The following year, eight goals, 16 points in 67 games before being dealt to the Devils. He finished his NHL career with the Devils and then spent two years back in Russia. Uh, In his NHL career, 761 games, 152 goals, 345 points, and 251 penalty minutes, 105 playoff games, none of those with the Islanders, 11 goals, 31 points in those. Namchinov, a really good third-line center. He was very solid defensively, but again, early in his NHL career especially, he could put the puck in the net as he got a little older. He kind of slowed down offensively and concentrated more on being a checking forward. And that was the line he had with the, uh, the role rather that he had with the Islanders. We go back and look at one of his better games as an Islander, October 4th, 1997 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. The Maple Leafs in town with former Islander goalie Glenn Healy in between the pipes. Tommy Sallow is the goalie for the Islanders, and in this one, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Sergei Nemchinov scores early in the second period. Brian Berard and Kenny Janssen with the assist. Islanders end up beating the Maple Leafs 3 to nothing, and Sergei Nemchinov getting the game-winning goal. He got it on four shots, played 18 minutes in the game, and was a plus one, and as I said, he scored the game winner. Sergei Nemchinov, a solid two-way checking center. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the show, we'll have our key takeaways from tonight's game in Minnesota, and we'll have a full preview of the Islanders-Jets game coming up on Tuesday as the Islanders go back-to-back. So make sure you join us for that. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.